0: Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the My Taught You Podcast. Today is March 6th, 2017. Um, I am here to answer, I think I have four questions that you guys sent to my inbox. For those of you that would like to send me questions, my um, podcast email is my taught you. At gmail.com. Um, I've been telling you this because um, a lot of people wonder, like, who are you and what qualifies you? Uh, nothing, really. But my full-time job is the founder of Curlbox.com, a monthly subscription service that delivers products to your doorstep. If you're interested, um, it's Curlbox.com. Uh, so over the weekend, I did a Snapchat. I am on Snapchat. I love Snapchat still. Um, I was doing a snap story and I was talking about, um, we have to sort of vigorously or aggressively edit our lives. And a lot of you wrote me about what I meant by that. I got a question. Could you please do a full podcast to elaborate on ruthlessly editing your life? Um, any action plans or more details are very much appreciated. So, um, I've talked about this on countless podcasts under a different label, uh, taking inventory. Um, I am learning that a lot of people don't really know how to take inventory because they don't have a criteria list to begin with. So today, um, to kick off this podcast, I want to do an exercise to get you thinking about what your actual criteria is, right? So how can you take inventory if you don't even know what you're supposed to have on that sheet of paper. So let's talk about some things that could potentially be on your sheet of paper, because everybody's sheet of paper is going to be different based on what's important to them in their lives, right? So first, let's define criteria. I wanted to do that. A principle or standard by which something may be judged or decided. So your principles Um, What are your life principles? And once you have decided on your life principles, um, how do you make decisions or judgments um, based on that? So you're going to have to make some decisions or judgment calls often. And I want you to understand that not making a decision is still a decision. Um, if If you procrastinate too long on making life decisions, Um, the decision will likely be made for you and it will likely not lead to the desired result that you want. So you don't want to procrastinate and you don't want to take, um, you can take some time, but don't take forever to um, measure against your life criteria, right? Um, an exercise that I use for making decisions, everybody should have one is I'm, I'm a pro and con person. Um, I like to write it out and think it out. Um, and then think of the worst case scenarios for the decision that I'm going to make. Right. So I, I did this yesterday. Um, should I do something? Should I not do something? Should I reach out to this person or should I not reach out? Um, if I reach out and I don't get the desired result, what is my plan if I don't get what I want? So you're going to have to think through it, but you're going to have to do it. Um, you know, I always say, what's the worst that can happen from me doing this and then mentally prepare a solution for that. Um, but you can't not do something for fear of the outcome. Uh, but let's get back to the criteria. So um criteria. What do I want in life? So I'm going to share some points with you that I wanted in life. Um first thing, and this is in no order this is in no order um of importance, but uh I want it a stable income um, that didn't mean I had to have a quote-unquote stable job but I knew that I wanted stable income because I wanted to be able to, to independently take care of myself um, so when I look at my life checklist I'm looking to ensure that the things that are providing my income are stable the job the career the profession if my income was not stable I um, I'd highlight it and seek to change it. And this is what I mean by an aggressive edit. So if what I'm doing today stops providing me with a stable income, I'm not going to hang on to something that doesn't align with my life criteria. So some people uh, will sink on ships because of what people may think of them, um, because they've spent X amount of time doing it. Um, But, when you have your, your life criteria list, it's like, okay, this is no longer, um, aligned with what I want. So I need to make an edit, um, something else that I wanted financial comfort. Um, that's not the same as stable income or a job because comfort is something different for every person. Um, you have to figure out what does financial comfort mean to you? Uh, to me, it's having, a healthy savings for a rainy day, when I look at my life, um, I need to make sure I'm aggressively saving if this is what I want. Right. So that's the edit. If I want financial comfort, uh, you know, when I was younger, things like, you know, you walk outside to go to work this morning and your tires flat and, and that feeling when you're like, Oh God, how much is it going to cost? Um, you know, maybe you were being cheap and you didn't want to get the AAA. So now the cost is going to be more expensive. Do I have the savings? And so for me, financial comfort is being able to walk outside and maybe my tire is flat. And while I may be inconvenienced for the moment, um, I can't afford to fix that. And so those are the kinds of comforts um, I want. So when I'm putting my money away, I'm putting it away for that sort of peace of mind. It's not about, um, you know, I'm trying to go on this trip. Sometimes it is, but the first thing I'm saving for is my peace of mind is to be able, we know something's gonna come up, right? A lot of people, I always am just blown away when a normal sort of life thing happens and people are losing it. It's like tires go flat all the time, chill out. You know, it's like, if you think you're going to cruise through life without some sort of crazy thing happening, uh, accidents happen, um, we lose things, we lock ourselves out of the house because we're moving too fast. Um, I try to have a rational mind about all of these things. I'm like, these are all normal things that don't just happen to me, they happen to everyone. And the way that I can prepare for these things is just to make sure that I have some money saved up so that when this happens, I'm not losing my mind. I just am taking care of it. Inconvenienced, annoyed, but I haven't lost it. Um, Some other things that I wanted in life is I want to be comfortable in rooms that I may not feel like I belong in. Keyword feel, not a fact, um, but sometimes that's a real feeling. Um, I have found that I am less shy when I have something interesting to talk about. Um, It's very easy to get caught up in basic or simple conversations with friends or family, but we have to stretch ourselves to have something to talk about in a few different rooms, you know, so it's like, how do I do that? Um, I challenge myself to read and watch things that I am not personally interested in. Believe it or not, your life cannot be all about you and what you like and whatnot. Um, It's just not gonna happen. And so if you know, it can't just be Uh, The My Leak Show, and I'm only able to discuss things that I am deeply interested in. um, I read a lot of different things. Um, Lately... I've been on this. If you get my Friday newsletter uh, for those of you who every Friday I send out a newsletter, what I'm feeling Friday and I just put the different things that things that I may be into. Uh, Last week I talked about, I've been on this political podcast kick. Um, I will admit that for the last several years, I've been able to sort of um, not really keep up with uh, the political landscape. I would say maybe a decade ago, I was young uh, you think I was in my, what is it, mid-early 20s, and I don't think that I was very interested. And um, under the Obama administration, I think I kind of just able, I, I had this comfort of like, I voted for you and I trust what you're doing. Um, but right now, I feel like, you know what, baby girl needs to know what's going on. So I've been trying to find digestible things, things that I understand and that I can relate to. And so, um, I think I've been, I've, it's, um, I used to listen to Keeping It 1600, but I think they moved that podcast. Uh, and, now I just been, uh, I, li- I like to listen to the David Axelrod podcast because I really uh, just like his his style and it kind of reminds me of mine in a sense, where he gets their opinion on what's going on in the world today. That's literally what he's like, what do you think about what's going on now? And then he talks a little bit about their history and then they kind of wrap up the conversation sort of with some, you know, uh, ideas, solutions, um, but you need to find out what's going on around the world. And um it's difficult to be in any room today and not have to have something informed, you know, about what's happening in the world, um things that you are interested in, um and so I, I, you know, I read Reader's Digest, I read Psychology Today, I read the Wall Street Journal, I read the New York Times, um, you know, and then I get all of the the news in the world. And sometimes you don't have to deep dive, but just some nuggets, you know, you want to have some different nuggets, everything can't be TMZ, and um, all hip hop or something like that, like you have to have a cornucopia of information, which will make you feel a bit more comfortable um, in different rooms when I think about my criteria list, one of the priorities, like if this was probably uh, the number one thing that I wanted and it was, I wanted to be content in life. And this sounds like a very tall task, um, but it is completely possible. You know, the major edit for me was hiring a professional to help me with this because I was unable to get content on my own. And so from there, um, from, from hiring the professional, I had to learn to manage the borders of my life, which I posted on my Instagram yesterday of like, you're the only person that has to live in your world, your life full time. And it is up to you to manage the borders. You know, I, I, the borders are the boundaries and those can be hard. And so, um, I went over a list of, Uh, boundaries that you can easily find online, like what are personal boundaries, Uh, first boundary, material boundary, Very hard boundary for me. Um, What I give, financial gifts, like what I give to people, what are the boundaries, Um, physical boundaries, how much space do I need, Um, handshakes, hugs. I always crack up because my boo doesn't do hugs with people he doesn't know. That's his boundary. He gives high fives, and I totally respect that about him. Um, He's just not for the strange hugs, and that's a boundary. Some people, Don't like that. You know, you go places and people are like, oh, give me a hug. And sometimes that happens with me. Um, And if you don't feel it, you don't have to do it. Like, I think when it comes to boundaries, no one else's feelings or emotions are more important than yours. If you don't feel it and they don't get it, not your problem. Um, Mental boundaries. Can you be easily persuaded or are you firm in what you believe? But not to the point of being inflexible. You know, you have to have some some mental boundaries um, emotional boundaries, separating your emotions from someone else's, you know, I've, I've had situations where people will call me in a panic about a boyfriend doing something. Can they stay at my house for the night? And so on. And the answer is no. Um, I can't get into that emotional space with you. I'm not going to get enraged about this. This is not callous, but it's a boundary. Like I can't allow people to take me on their emotional trips every time, you know, calling me in in a panic. Oh my God, he did this. I need to stay at your house. It's like, no, 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 no. Because you know what? Nine times out of 10 people that do that, they're going to get back with that person in another week. And it's just like, I can't keep going on those trips with you um, sexual boundaries, what you feel comfortable with, spiritual boundaries, what you believe, you know, your God, um, everyone, not everyone, I hate to say that, but a lot of people have asked about my faith in the past and it's really no one's business. You know, that is a boundary. People feel like they should have access to that kind of information. And the truth is that it's up to you. If you want to tell people about your faith and your religion and stuff like that, you can, but you are allowed to have spiritual boundaries as well. Now, the big edits. The big edits are when things are not aligned with what we want, right? And so that just was a very sort of short list. But a lot of times we know rather quickly when something's not what we want in life. Um, you're Are you with someone that isn't providing a healthy and happy relationship? <laughs> That's an edit. Uh, you got to let that go. Are you in a job that doesn't make you happy? Um, You can ask to be moved or you can get another job. That's the edit. So a lot of times I don't want you to feel like the edit is a cut. Um, Sometimes it may just need a change. You know, sometimes you could be editing an essay and maybe you just need a better word, a stronger word, and maybe you need a different different position within an organization. That's an edit. Um, Don't really love the kitchen in your apartment or in your home. Mm -hmm. Fix it up or find a place that has the kitchen that you want, right? The bottom line is don't settle for a life that is less than what you want or deserve. In um, the butt here, you're going to have to work for it. I hope that helps. And write me. Tweet me. Um, I'm at MyLeak, M-Y-L-E-I-K on Twitter. I love it when you tweet me about the podcast. Hashtag My Taught You. Um, tweet me at MyLeak uh, about your thoughts on this, this life editing. And I'd love to continue the social conversation. Okay, so I'm going to move on to a career question, which a lot of you might find interesting. Uh, She says, here's a little background on me. I am transitioning careers in a couple of months. I've been in the education sector for 10 years. I've been teaching middle and high school for 6 years. I'm doing a total 180 this summer. I'm leaving the classroom because I have found a passion for creating online ads and commercials for black owned products and companies. I'm struggling with imposter syndrome super heavy though. I'm 26 and I've never been to grad school for marketing. I have no interest in going back to school but I keep thinking that the degree may make me more credible. I've worked with a couple of smaller brands but I'm always reading about marketing teaching myself online and attending general assembly classes just to make sure that people don't think I'm not cut out for the job that I now feel destined to do I'm not interested in faking it until I make it because I don't want to make it and then not be able to perform so I'm making sure that I'm doing the work research and video production before I even try to land my dream clients I know that you have switched careers a ton So I guess my question is, did you ever struggle with imposter syndrome? And if so... How did you manage to overcome it so that you could confidently walk into any room and get the job done? Thank you so much. And I appreciate you. Okay, I you know what something that just stuck out to me is that you said you have been in the education sector for 10 years, you're 26. Like what were you doing at 16, 17 and 18 and 19 and 20? Like, what were you doing besides like maybe interning or in school as a 16 year old? Maybe you have something for me, but I feel like um, 10 years sounds like a little bit of a stretch. Uh, 10 years ago, I hope you were in high school. Maybe you weren't, maybe you skipped a whole bunch of grades, uh, that I don't know about, but I don't know. First thing would be like less, um, I don't know. I would just clean that up a little bit because I, t- I'm going to talk about this in another question. I feel like sometimes we use years and times to sort of qualify or justify things to us. And it's just like, okay, either way, you want to transition out of, out of this, um, to answer your question, I wouldn't say that I switched careers a ton. I think that's a bit of a mistake and maybe not knowing, um, a ton about me. Um, I've pretty much been in PR my entire professional career. Um, every just about every job that I've had, um, post college was in PR, um just different versions of it, so to this day, I still do p r um it's online p r and social p r um it's creative uh with hair care products um so every job that I may have moved on from gave me more experience and improved my skills uh that helped me get where I am today so the thing that you see me doing so sort of like so effortlessly today is because I have, um, a true decade of experience in, um, PR working at an agency. And what we do is we put hair care products on a platform, um, and get people talking about them. So, and that's still PR. Um, I don't think that this is about imposter syndrome. I think that you and I both know that you don't have a ton of experience doing this Um, or even any technical knowledge, so perhaps you're feeling insecure, uh, normal feeling, Um, experience and a proven track record of delivering quality um, products or quality uh, material is what will make you more credible. Um, I don't know that you need to go to school for it either in a formal sense, but traditional classes are good. Uh, If I had to give you a recommendation or prescription, I'd say apprenticing under some great designers is good um and getting your weight up is what will make you feel good about where you are. Um my guess is that you want to take this from a few small businesses to a lot of businesses of all sizes and work with a firm and learn firsthand what is required. There are plenty of firms and agencies um that do this kind of work and you can transition into that space. And learn from them and figure out how they do their proposals what goes into a proposal what goes into a presentation um, there are companies that have been doing this for years that have this uh, have this sort of info and you can do it without the pressure or without the imposter syndrome because you get to start as a beginner with some natural talent and then they can develop your skills so I think it's a little less about imposter syndrome about the fact that you don't really know what you're doing. You like it. You have a passion for it, um, but you need to get some more experience and that's how you get more experience. That's how you get the job done is get more experience. So we're going to transition into two career, uh, not career questions, relationship questions. Uh, I know the last podcast I did was a, uh, my Valentine's day episode, which sparked a lot of um, relationship questions. So I said, you know what, let's answer some She says, so I've known this guy for four years. We used to work together. We've had this friendship slash flirting thing going on ever since we met. We lost touch and recently been dating for the past two months. He told me he now has a two-year-old daughter. On our last date, he also told me he has two daughters and the new one is two months old. He also said he's no longer involved with the BM. Y'all know what that means, baby mama. And he wants a future with me. Girl, ooh, Jesus, okay. He says, I was all he thought about for the years we didn't speak. <laughs> was he? Were you? Two kids later and he was only thinking about you? Um, truthfully, I've never connected with a guy the way I do with him, but the kids and the fact that he's 25 years old and I'm 31 with no children is weighing heavy on my mind and heart. What should I do? Do I take him seriously or just continue to do me? Um, I forgot that he said that you were all he thought about for the last f- four years. Uh, you tell me what you think about that. I feel like that's a no brainer. But anyway, when I was younger, I was in a very similar situation. Um, younger guy, couple kids, uh, different women, not a judgment, just an observation. This is sort of what I had got myself involved in. Um, I too have this incredible connection with him, which Lovey and I talked about in our interview, um, I'm judging you. Uh, long story short, the connection tends to be more sexual than anything. That's what a lot of that, a lot of times when people are like, truthfully, I've never connected with anybody. A lot of that is hinged around the sexual connection. Um, so if you guys met four years ago, why didn't you date four years ago? Because he has two kids and I get the feeling, I don't get the feeling that he struggles with making it plain that he's interested, interested in someone. I don't get that feeling. Um, the way you broke up the daughter story, um, you, you said first he has a two year old and then you said on the last day he told you he has two kids. I'm guessing that he, I get the feeling that he's pulsing this this news out to you because he wanted to get you more invested before he divulged the kind of info that may have freaked you out on the first date. I have also starred in this movie. Um, this is how I feel about stuff like this. I feel a way. Uh, about people that don't talk about their children. Um, Not in a tell me all their business sort of way, but in a beaming sort of they are my pride and joy way. Right? Like I wouldn't even want to be with somebody that wasn't like proud of their kids. Like, I don't know a parent when someone's a parent. um, They talk about their kids within the first like five or 10 minutes of meeting them I don't know people who are sort of like private about that not like oh this is their school and this is what they do and this is what they ate but more or less like oh my god uh, my kid just did this um she 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 jumped today (laughs) I mean it basic stuff everybody that I know even some of my friends and mentors that have adult children, they talk about them uh, in such a beaming way. And so I feel some type of way about people who are who are holding back on stuff like that. Um, not into it. Uh, truthfully, you've never connected with a guy the way you did with him. <clears throat> I go so far as to ask how but that's fine. A lot of us have felt this way before. Um, I remember using this kind of sentence when when telling my mom about this guy I was seeing in the same scenario and she knew what it was. Uh, no fools here. So, um, no, uh, you haven't known this guy for four years. You met him four years ago. Had you been knowing him, you would have known about the kids and the relationship that he was with, the, the relationship that he was in and everything else. Um, being able to use the number four in this story similar to the number 10 in the last story uh probably legitimizes it all to you a bit you don't know him it's easy to feel connected with someone you don't know get to know him if you want to uh but i'd likely move on even if it's a long moving on uh but there are there's a 25, 35 and 45 year old guy out there that you can connect with without this sort of story, trust. I just I'm not into it. Um I know there's that nostalgia piece that feels good because you met him 4 years ago at work and he was funny, but he has a 2-month old baby and I just feel like he's he's got some stuff that's going to be going on, a relationship that He's going to be heavily involved with you know a two year old and a two month old he's gonna have to whether he w- wants to spend his life with anybody any other woman right now he needs to be focused on spending it with l- the two little young women that he just created and the woman in which he made them with um not trying to be in his business but priorities bruh so that's my answer um now this one y'all this is this is my last one um so Uh, this is this is gonna this is is gonna make you mad she says so here's the deal I can't take my husband anymore I'm 27 and this June will make four years of marriage there's that time thing again Um, two hours don't go by without him smoking another joint or drinking another beer unless he's sleeping and when he wakes up he runs straight to the bathroom to smoke and drink again The apartment constantly smells like weed, even all the way downstairs at the front door, which is just unacceptable. Naturally, he's like a zombie afterward and doesn't want to do anything but lay back, watch TV, or have sex. To be clear and fair, he does work and the bills are paid, but it stops there. There's no zest or ambition for a single thing further. He never wants to go out and he hardly has energy for the children. Um two boys one and three except to yell and discipline them I'm 420 friendly myself but I can take it or leave it I can't tell you the last date we've had it's heartbreaking and boring when we talk I have to compete for eye contact with whatever screen he's watching at that time he won't shower or brush his teeth but he gets offended when I ask him to freshen up (laughs) He leaves snot tissues all over the house and pees in bottles. When he smokes, he coughs like crazy and hacks up mucus and spit. Then he'll just throw the tissues on the floor, on our pillows, on the sink, on the couch. I've never seen anything like this before. It's so gross. I almost drank a bottle of his urine in the middle of the night and both of the children have bought me juice or water bottles that he's peed in and left lying around asking if they can have some. And he doesn't see a problem with any of this. He thinks I should just pick up after him. I've been going to therapy for over a year now to help me cope with all this, but I won't be able to deal with this for much longer. He doesn't support my ambitions and always tries to corner me with responsibilities. Example, he won't watch the kids even when they're asleep so that I can write or work out. I always wanted my sons to enjoy a two-parent household, but I can't take it anymore. What should I do? What would you do? Oh my gosh. Everything about this disturbs me. Like the peeing in the bottles just floored me. I don't even understand why one would do that if there's a restroom that he clearly gets up and goes to. Um, I just can't get past this. I can't tell you what to do. Um, But you did ask me what I would do and I wouldn't do this. This is the example being set for the two boys right now and the things being done around them, the peeing the bottles, the the smoking, all of this is just not good. Um, This isn't something that I would be trying to learn to cope with. Uh, This is your life. Earlier in the podcast, I said, don't settle for a life that is less than what you want or deserve and you're going to have to work for it uh, I'm going to recommend a book to you by Cheryl Strayed, um, tiny, beautiful things. It's one of my favorite books. She answers a ton of questions. Um, and a lot of questions like this to help you sort of wrap your mind around it. And also let you know that, um, there are so many people in the world going through things like you are not alone. Um, and I, I am hopeful that it'll help you move toward the life you want to live, uh, along with the therapy. Um, I obviously want to tell you what, don't want to tell you what to do, but I think you and I are both clear on this. This ain't it. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Email me your questions at mytaughtyou at gmail.com. I always love hearing from you. Um, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Have a great week.